Well, hey, uh, Hawks didn't lose a football game this week, but guess what? The offensive ineptitude is contagious. What was once the number one ranked field hockey team in the country has lost two in a row. They haven't scored in two weeks. I'm just going to lead off with that. They lost to Ohio State on the road, number 21 Ohio State, and number 10 Michigan, 0-2, zero 0-2, to two, zero to two, both of them. they got to make a comeback. They're, they're down to like sixth in the Big Ten right now. Uh, at 10-5, uh, and 3-4, and four, they got Michigan this Sunday in a non-conference game in Evanston, Illinois. Which makes them eighth in the country. Well, it, they're still ranked eighth in the country. They are. Uh, they're, they're good. They have had a tough time scoring. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a low-scoring sport. And, and as we theorized in the past, everybody, if you have a team, you're pretty much ranked, right? I mean, they haven't played very many unranked teams. But uh, I just thought it was funny that suddenly they, they couldn't score either. <laughs> After everything that's going on, uh, let, we'll get to football here in just a little bit. Uh, let's let's here's here's a little men's basketball bright light for you. I'm sorry, who, who's running this show, uh, it, dude? You're the one without the voice. You but are you are listen. I, I am ready, willing, and able to have a conversation as opposed to listen to you ramble on about field well, hockey. Let's, let's move girls on. baseball. No, we're moving on to men's basketball. How do you like this? Did you realize that the, the, this team that uh, lost Keegan Keegan Murray to the NBA? And um, graduated Jordan, Jordan Bohannon. Thank God. Um, hey, getting getting votes in the AP poll, Ken Palm has them number 23. That was interesting to I, me. Uh, which, because many times I think we follow him more in terms of whether he's probably more accurate than any of the voting polls, right? Uh, Torvik, whoever he is, number 31 for the Hawks, and Evan Myra. Has this number 12 in the country going into the year. So Ken Palm with Iowa going about 20 and 10, 12 and 8, which with that schedule is pretty good. Evan Myra, whose si- who's sister. <laughs> Not Evan Williams. That's a, that's a different uh, – I drink some of that. But no, but no Evan Myra is actually – Evan Myra's sister's name? Uwe, Myra, Uwe <laughs> no. Blob? Yeah. Um, hey, it's nice to see the Hawks getting a little recognition going into the year, and, and basically it comes down to this. Everybody's got Chris Murray as a, as a top ten player in the country, possible national player of the year candidate, which is an amazing thing. I, I, you got to feel like he's getting some love based on the fact that he's, he's Ke- Keegan's, Keegan's, bro- he's Keegan's, Keegan's twin, twin brother. Right. But he, uh, but he w- did go out. Um, there were some of the – what was the movie we watched this summer, Andrew, uh, the, the – the NBA movie with the kid that came from overseas, and they go to these private, these private um, sort of workouts, right? Hustle with Adam Sandler, and they go to these private workouts with NBA players and college players. Well, he went to a couple of these, and he dominated, right? He apparently went in with some of the best college players in the country and some NBA players, and he scored a bunch. So let me ask. So you, they're looking at him, knowing he's good. Let me ask you this question. Joe Wieskamp was one of the better Hawkeye players in the last six years, and he got cut this week. Has anybody picked him up? No, he was waived. He is, by by the way, currently making $2 million to sit this year out if he wants to. Okay. Okay, because he got a two-year deal last year. That was amazing that they waived him. Normally you'd say, okay, well, you go, you can go down to the G League. We'll figure out how to do that. But they waived him, so he's waiting. He may, If he gets picked up on waivers, he, I think his contract either transfers – or um, there's something that negotiation, but yeah, currently he was waived the other day. So there's no way to get DFA'd in the NBA when you have a contract. Yeah, he has a contract. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, so that happened yesterday, which is too bad. But he does get two million, two point three million dollars to sit out the year if he wants to, and then he can play wherever he wants. Or you know. he could uh, go to a law firm of Wieskamp 
and Wies Camp, Wies company. Camp and, yeah, and company. Uh, by the way, Tyler Cook, uh, former Hawkeye, um, signed a deal with Salt Lake City uh, with the Utah Jazz. They they waived him <laughs> to put him on their G League team in Salt Lake City so they can bring him up and down. So he'll probably be part of the Utah Jazz this year. Uh, he will be playing professional basketball. So he's and, got a two-way contract. And, and Luca. Uh, Luca Garza with ended up with the, with the T-Wolves. He did get a two-way contract. And he's uh, playing down here in Des Moines. Right. He'll play in Des Moines. And then when they need him, they'll pull him up. And he had a pretty good preseason. He had a couple of t- times where he broke double figures, like, fairly consistently. So uh, it's too bad to see. Uh, it's, somebody, if somebody, Luca could only guard someone. Somebody had uh, our 70 sports uh, fanatic guy on Twitter uh, had a picture of Dale Ellis the other day. I'm a Supersonics fan. And, and mentioned that if Dale Ellis had played – Today he could be printing money. Yes. Right. If if Luca Garza had played in the seventies and eighties, he would be printing money. Yes. Right. It's a completely different game. His game back then would have translated to him being an absolute NBA superstar. Right. He'd have been Jack Sigma. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Redux. Nicely, nicely done, and pulling out the Sonics reference. I appreciate that as as well. Anyway, good basketball stuff, and for the women's side, coming in at number four in the AP poll, they got five starters back. Number four. That's that's, well, you have to have unbridled territory, kids. Yeah, you have to have the preseason national player of the year in Caitlin Clark. Um, Monica Sazano. Mon- Monica, yeah. and then the rest of the starting lineup all back. You lost some reserves, but you replaced them with other transfers and whatnot. The women are going to be good. I'll tell you what, the Iowa, Iowa State game, top ten matchup in Carver. It's like December 11th. That's going to be sell that thing out, right? Well, it really should. If, if it hasn't already, right? I mean, it, it should be a terrific ball game, absolutely. Because yes. uh, Iowa State's going to be loaded again, and that'll be really, really fun. It, uh, probably be a better game than the men's game. They're, curr- was, they're currently number eight. Are they? Eight? Yeah, that'll be a fun. Yeah, one the Iowa game. men will be favored by double digits over the, over Iowa State. Uh, over Iowa State. Well, so Tom Caker, uh, we'll talk to him about his fearless forecast. He did that for the Iowa basketball team, and he did. Pretty figure pretty easily Iowa State would uh, that'd be a win for Iowa. We'll see how that goes. We'll we'll dive into that when he comes on in the second. Uh, Might be half forty-eight, the show. forty-four. <laughs> you never you never know. No, <laughs> Iowa's going to score the basketball this year. the The real question the real question will be how well they rebound because right. Uh, you know, will Riley Mulvey or Josh Agundale be? Um, That's too so bad. Uh, Josh Gundelay or Riley Mulvey turn into anything for them. Will Philip Racha take the next step, uh, which is possible? So how do you rebound, and then how do you play defense, right? Because I think they've got guys who can score, and it sounds like Peyton Sanford grew three inches over the, the summer, over the last year, and he's, con- he's really going to put it together, and uh, they like what Chris Murray obviously is doing. And the young guy, DeSan- uh, DeSante Bowen, coming in, from the East Coast, uh, looks like he'll probably play a lot at point guard because he can really get to the hole and dish it out. I'll tell you, last uh, weekend I had the opportunity to talk to my good friend and uh, Illinois Hall of Fame coach, Jay Hatch, and he was talking about um, the kid from Rock Island. This, uh, uh, for next year. For next year. The little guy. Yeah. What's his name, Andrew? I, I mean, have to look, yes, right. little guy. He, and I he said, looks awesome. And I said to him, I said, Okay, his video looks good. You've seen him in person. He goes, oh, the one thing this guy is, is 100% completely fearless. And, and we I want him right now. I mean, really, well, seriously, he'd be great on this team because he's a little spark plug. So right? the other guy transferred from Kankakee to Moline the, right, so the bigger, they, could, they right. could play this year together. The, the bigger kid that uh, we were surprised we were going to get. 
Harding. Yep, Harding. Warren G. Actually, Harding. Brock, if I'm not, mis if I'm not mistaken, Warren G. Harding was the uh, high school on to White Shadow. Uh, you absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Nicely anyway. done. Nicely done. Uh, uh, Brock Harding, though, is who we're talking yeah. about. And, he's going to be, and, and he, it, according to Coach Hatch, He's ready to walk in, much like Bowen Bourne. Well, did. I saw that they were doing some open. They had some open gym footage of him, just destroying all these guys. It was just fun, funny to watch. Yes. I, mean, I mean, they just can't stop his moves. He's he's like one of these guys on the. Um, Jay, on the Jay Will, but smaller. Yeah. Well, what's the you know the the street ball thing where clearly nobody's playing any defense, but they're trying to d up on him. He does the same stuff. It'll be fun. It'll be fun, and we're we're just moving a little bit more slowly into football by talking about some basketball because it's coming up uh, next month in November and well, it's going to be a lot of and fun. What's coming up this weekend in the football realm? We get to play the best team in the country. Well, so there it is, 11 a.m. Fox, uh, Fox's big, 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 noon, noon. big noon game. Uh, Hawks will take on Ohio State on Fox. Uh, by the way, the Northwestern game moved to 2.30 instead of 2. I'm not sure if that's a back or a forward move. Anyway, that's the next week. Um, Iowa at Ohio State this weekend. No one, no one starts at 2. It either starts at 2.30 or were, 3. They had it down at 2 o'clock. I don't know why. Now it's 2.30. It makes sense. I, Was that part of the radio-only only package of the Big very Ten? Well, very well could have been, right? I mean, is this 1979? Yeah. By the way, if, uh, if you're wondering, this is Dave Craig Jr. sitting next to me. It's not uh, JT, JT the, the Brick or whatever. If he loses his voice, Andrew Ridge ready to step in right next to you. Hey, we're out of time already in the first segment. No well, football talk. It's, uh, right. it's hard to get on time right. when you start eight minutes hey, late. We'll uh, be back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ, 101.3 FM. And we are back officially here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you here at G-Migs in West Des Moines, 5th Street. Are we no longer up? There we are. Okay. We're here at G-Migs. I know. Taking care of it. Hey, we're inside. Really, for the I think we the second time all year, right? We're inside. It, yeah, it finally got, got too cold for us to be outside on the patio. Patio was great for about six weeks. I, we, it was really fun. We're, we we'll look forward to that. Huh? We had a rain out. Well, we had the rain out, right? Lightning out, actually, yeah, is what yeah. it was. Where we are now, we're back at our normal spot here in the back corner up on the, uh, on the high rise by all the televisions, which is where we like to watch football, by the way, um, many times here in G, uh, in G Mix on Fifth Street. Join us tonight at Steak Nate if you want to come on down. And uh, if not, uh, hey, it's great food all the time. Come on down to G-Migs here in 5th uh, Street on West Point. We're we coming up on the 5th Street 5 a little bit later by Private Wealth Asset Management. We'll figure out that uh, our top five Ohio State games of all time. We've got uh, first night at NBA. We've got MLB. And we've got a hockey fight. What more would you want in a sports bar? Did the NBA actually have a championship last they did i golden state warriors missed it we should talk to tom caker about that <laughs> i suspect tom doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to the nba either I tom don't. do you pay a whole lot of attention to the nba oh yeah you do NBA fan. are you a big yeah. fan do you watch do you, do you watch yeah. every bulls game you i used to during the jordan years uh, right. It's been harder to watch these days. Um, but, yeah, I'll tune on NBA games when they're on, yeah. I'm, uh, I enjoy the league. I, I think it's, frankly, um, just pure basketball-wise, better basketball than college games. Well, no question it's better basketball. I, and you've got the greatest athletes in the world playing, playing basketball. I will just say got, this. You, I got just better, I, you got better officiating. 
and yes, yes. Especially if you can get on the Donahue games. Yeah. Well, here's my problem: yeah. is I'm a I grew up a Seattle SuperSonics fan for two reasons. One, they were good in the '70s. Two, they had two Iowa players, and my dad said they have two Iowa players, and that's all it took, right? And there's no longer a team there. And uh, even that team that they moved to Oklahoma City struggled. So that's they're right. So Andrew's been rooting for Oklahoma City his whole life. But oh boy. anyway, I, 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 it's just not a thing for me. And I agree. When I go down and watch these G League games down here, the speed of the game is so much different. It's unreal. But well, I, will, I will digress. It, it is. It's a different pro game. Um, so, Tom, uh, I I didn't get to talk to you last week. I listened to you talk to David while I was uh, out in Park City. Uh, Sorry, Tom. Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I listened to you, to you talk, and it, 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 I, I caught most of everything. I, moving forward after that, the next day is when Brian stepped up to the microphone. And yep. essentially, I, I feel like he put his foot in his mouth. I complained I about it. Fun. A lot of people complained about it, right? And, and I know it takes a lot. It, listen. I do this for a living, and I try to coach people on what to say and what not to say. And sometimes it, it's hard, right? It's very difficult. But when he says, what's the, upside? what's the upside? And I look at the scores of their offense since Spencer Petrus has been the starter for the last 10, 15 games. And you're, you're hard-pressed to average 10 points. Really hard-pressed to, to average 10 points. 10 under Spencer Petrus. What the heck does he think we mean by what's the upside? And is he really that tone deaf? I, I, geez, I've met the man. Is he really that tone deaf? No, I don't think so. I think he just poor, poor um, response, I think, would just be poor, poorly phrased response. Um, I think he was just kind of being... Um, I don't know, rhetorical, I guess, because Chad had asked, like, what's the upside? And he goes, what's the downside? Yeah, you know? The downside's more the same. Well, my, my friend Tom Halterman, who uh, I've known for a long time, tweeted back at me, well, the downside is he, Padilla could have thrown a pick six against South Dakota State and they lose that game. And, and Hypotheticals all aside. Look, let that, I get that, right? On the other hand, Padilla could have completed a five-yard pass against Illinois and and possibly a screen pass against Iowa State, and we're yeah, five and one, right? Exactly. Right. If, if if ifs and buts were candy nuts, what a party we'd have, okay? But at the end of the day, what we have is we have a non-scoring offense. Yeah. Yeah. Both sides are hypothetical, and and Brian would tell you that that you know this this um, Shangri-La of where. The offense would be better under Alex Padilla. It's not. Um, it's not a certainty, and it's treated sometimes like it's a certainty. Yeah. Well, it it would and be he, different. He did, say, he did. He did say at, at the opening of his comments, I, "I'm not against change." I think they're just against the whole idea of it is change for the sake of change, a good change. Or going to be positive. I don't know. Well, you know, here's here's the one thing that we should take from when we saw Padilla last year and try and apply it if we can to this year. And that was this, is that Alex was forced in to the game at Northwestern, but Spencer clearly couldn't throw the ball. And so we played the rest of that game, played the Illinois game. 
and he, the Minnesota game. In the Minnesota game. and then Scored was, in the 20s in both those games. And then he was sick. And as soon as they could get Spencer back in there. They did. They did. And they came back, which whether that was on Spencer or not, they came back and won. They actually felt like they should have won the bowl game with Spencer at quarterback. And that's where we started this season. But let me just say this. They were really quick to put the hook in on Alex Padilla as soon as they had an opportunity to get him back. They did that. And I don't think any of us as fans see that. All we see were that he came in. We won three games in row four that he was involved in uh, the whole month of November. And that's what we think is going to happen. And and on that side, I will I will say that they opened that game when he was sick, driving the ball down, and he threw three bad passes inside the 10-yard line, and Iowa didn't score, right? He did yeah. not play well in that game. So Padilla, Padilla was a fit, below 50% passer. I get it, right? Yeah. Maybe his he's not great. His statistics were, were worse I get than Petra's. Right. I get it. My, the, I think the question really is, change, Tom, for me, change for change's sake is we're 5-1 and one and we're squeaking by the other teams by nine and by three points, but we're still storing 23 a game, so we think we can do better. That's change for change's sake. This is, a, this, is where, this is Iowa has mustered on offense 3, 7, 14, 6, yep. 13 points, right? Going back to last yep. year, seven, seven, 17 when Padilla was the quarterback, 3, uh, 21, and 17, 21 when, uh, when he didn't start, right? He had a block punt. This 500, is, there are 500 clubs since they, they were 6-0 and and number two in the country. And they're averaging, their offense averages 10 points a game under Spencer Petras as the starting quarterback. So that's not change for change's sake. That's change to try to figure out how to be not the worst offense in all of college football. And by the way, not a laughing stock. So again, I thought that, I thought that answer was, I, I would have coached him in and, gone and said, here's a few things you can say when you go in. Don't say this, right? Anyway, I, well, as we move uh, forward, I think it was just the way the question was. was yeah, maybe he was just yeah. being rhetorical. It was, they the have upside? to know what's it's coming, the, right? What's the downside? What's the upside? What? Right. They have they have to know it's coming. I mean, at this point in time, Iowa Iowa reporters. Yeah, I don't and they, know that yeah. he would have known. I don't know if he would have known that he was going to get asked what's the uh, what's the downside. Right. I think he was. Like I said, I think he was just being rhetorical, and he got himself into a pickle, and it was well, not a great response from yeah, Brian. That, now, having said that, I think Iowa's issues on offense are more profound than just a quarterback change. Understand. We, we, no one can I, argue I the, the old line. In, uh, right. The line they can't run the ball. Um, they can't protect. No, no uh, healthy receivers. And they can't get separation in the pass game. Right. So, and somehow you is, you you uh, let the leading receiver in the Big Ten go to Purdue because his buddy's a quarterback. The it, fact the it, fact that and and Keegan Johnson it looks like he's going to give up and transfer too. What makes you say that? Don't know that. We don't know that. All we know is that he's got a bad hamstring and he's not playing. And Kirk said today that he is working out and trying to get back when he's ready he said what he said is when he when he's ready he'll bring himself back 
That's not what he said. That's exactly what he said. He'll let us know. He'll let us know. When he's ready, he'll let us know. In other words, Keegan's got to. I think that was Kirk. I took it as Kirk just saying, I'll let you guys know when he's ready. That's exactly how I took it, Tom, was that Kirk will let us know, not Keegan. Yeah. Is going to let Kirk yeah, know. Keegan. Listen, I don't think yeah. any of us would tell you that we don't. We want that kid on on this football team, right? Based on what we saw last year, and we want Charlie Jones based on what we saw last year. And you know, it's too bad that he had to transfer. Listen, at the end of the day, I, I think Tom, I, I think you're right. I think there's there's only so many. The, the offense wouldn't be a whole lot better because it goes deeper than the quarterback. Where we're going with the quarterback is that it's one or two plays that separates them from being five and one and having hope to being three and three and really not having a lot of hope right now, right? And it's one or two yeah, plays. In some, season, some seasons that, that happens. There's an assumption in that analysis, though, that it would be more positive. That it's only going that it would be automatically you would win two more games. It, it's well, and, and quite frankly, Tom. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the assumption. I think. I think it's more the idea that, and while fans are, oh, who's the most popular guy in every football team? The backup quarterback. Okay, oh, I get that. Yeah. Right, we all get that. But without any lack or any trying whatsoever, it becomes, in our mind. Um, banging the head against the wall because he because he hasn't tried him once because he hasn't tried him once they are the only team in the country now again who hasn't played the backup quarterback one snap and and so it, you're right you're you're right there's an assumption and here's my assumption Spencer Petrus we all have seen it he has trouble with his pocket presence when he as soon as things start to break down he he throws the ball either checks down or throws it away. And sometimes it's really bad. I'm trying to I'm trying to be kind about what I use the words on this, right? Um, whereas there's a possibility, there, you're two plays away from decent, just one lob pass to to a guy on the goal line against Illinois, you win that football game. One easy swing pass against Iowa State, you win that football game, and you're five and one. These are not like difficult throws, Tom. What we see out of Spencer no. all the time is that he breaks down and he's, he's, he, he, for lack of a better term, craps himself. And, and I, I hate that because he seems, like such a nice, he seems like such a nice kid and, and a good leader. Let him talk. I know. Great kid. He's a great kid, but you hit it on the head. It's the fundamentals. It's, you know, it's the, yeah, the when repetitions. You're, when you're a, a fifth-year senior, you shouldn't have be having fundamental breakdowns. That's right. exactly right. 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 If you're a fourth-year junior, you shouldn't have them. And if you're a seventh-year sophomore like Matthew, you shouldn't be having those fundamental breakdowns <laughs> in your golf game. So Ke- Keegan's not going to play this week. Uh, Deontay Vines, Tom, what do we think about him? Uh, potential to play, but, again, he's really never played. So, you know, you're throwing him to the wolves here a little bit. So we'll see if he can go. Y.A. Black might be possibly playing. Um uh, Logan Lee's going to play, but he's got a bad shoulder, so we'll see how that um, goes for him. But he's going to be out there um, battling. And, um, yeah, no Terry Roberts this week. Uh, still battling. Uh, 
lower leg. So um, he's out. That's so bad luck. They're going to be thin in the defensive backfield, which is uh, this is not a team you want to be thin in the defensive backfield against. Is that some, so, something where Xavier Wampa could get some action? Uh, potentially, yes. Um, yeah, he he might be a guy that they would look to him or uh, T.J. Hall, maybe. Um, you know, At quarter, guys, yeah. Cor- why not? Yeah, why not? Yep. Yep. You know, a um, couple of uh, – by the way. Ohio we're, State's we're, averaging 50 points a we're, game. We're I know, light in the back. I we're, we're big – we're big Terry Roberts fans on this show, right? <laughs> it's been really hard to watch him get hurt off and on, and just he works his way in, you know. Um, the other cool angle we'll talk about is, is Luke Lachey when we come back, all right? Hey, Tom, thanks for joining us. We've been off uh, timing-wise all day. All, all day. Tom Kicker at HawkeyeReport.com. Real sports talk for and, real sports fans. And we're back here on the Hawkeye Idol. Nope, other one. And we're back here in the Hawkeye. Brad Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. here in G-Mix. Fifth Street, West Des Moines. I really don't understand you at all today. I just... You Good Lord. I you, think I had too much coffee. You you go on I vacation. Did. You leave me high and dry. Now you're over-caffeinated. You're repeating yourself. Do you realize last week when I was in Park City, I said it was the first time we've done that city because we've been all over you and me doing this, right? Uh-huh. Not true. Rose Bowl year... I did it from my parents' RV, and we were driving through Park City at the very time that I did the show. I did it from the back room of my parents' RV, uh, and we were driving through um, not Park City, Salt Lake City, as we did it. So anyway, same. So you were in Utah. We were in Utah. Yeah, what a vacation, by the way. Anyway, um, we got to thank our sponsors, and and we always save it for this point in time because it fits into the show, but. Can't thank him enough for, for keeping us on the air because, <laughs> Lord knows, <laughs> we're not sure why anybody keeps us on the air. But our AMPM Plumbing has been with us for, is this their third year? Uh, maybe their fourth. Might be the fourth year. So we appreciate that very much. Hey, you know what they do? They do plumbing, and, and uh, they got a job at my old ne- next-door neighbor. Did it? A referral. Did we get a referral? I don't th- we get a bo- referral Dude, bonus, $5? I, mean, I don't uh, want a referral bonus. I just want Brian to be happy. Brian Hauk of Key Mortgage. Appreciate uh, him as a supporter this year. Of course, he's uh, he's not in the house tonight, is not he? Not tonight. Not tonight. Angie Lancaster is in the house from Remax Realty, Remax Concepts, and uh, sold your house here this last summer. Did a fabulous job. Got you in a new, you're in a new place, and uh, I like your new place a lot, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I'm getting a new roof today. <laughs> really? Hailstorm. Didn't know. Oh, man, it sucks. You want to know what's bad? Work at, work at home and have somebody repair your roof <laughs> for the last two days. You want to know what's bad? That's bad. That's not fun. That's not That's good. Not fun. And, of course, our friends, uh, we want to thank uh, the uh, G-Migs here. And, of course, uh, if you want to catch the rest of the program, you can catch it on uh, uh, thehawkeyehuddle.com. That's thehawkeyehuddle.com. Powered by our friends at Gatehouse Pictures. That's Gatehouse Pictures. They're not a website. They're, they don't do website development, but he helped us out with that. They do film and video production there here in Windsor Heights. That's Gatehouse Pictures, and check them out. All of that is linked off of thehawkeyehuddle.com, along with our friends at Private Wealth Asset Management, who sponsor the Fifth Street Five each week. Private Wealth Asset Management right here in uh, Fifth Street in West Des Moines, and they want to promote all the uh, the great businesses that you can come down here, shop, eat, drink, 
Have a good time down here. So we do our top five each week, and these are our top five most memorable, not wins, but most memorable Ohio State games. Run with it, my friend. I did not, I did not rank these, so I'm going to save 55 to 24 for the end. Um, it's not my top one. Well, my number, my number five was Gang Lu. Okay, that's my number one. And I'll tell you why, but you go for it. So 16-9, to 9, 1991, number one, Leroy, Leroy Smith had a monster game as a linebacker in it's that. the first game they ever took the decals they off. They took the decals off. Um, I was in – so you were no, not in Iowa City. I was there that night. Um, and believe it or not, as a, I, I, I went to the airliner for FAC, was called in because I was a parking control officer. Do you know what I did that night? Wrote tickets. No. I guarded the door – at one of the buildings with some of the dead bodies of the people who had been. Oh, I, I, man, that's I, horrible. My buddy and I. Did um, you have a taser? No. We, uh, they, they only had so much campus security. The Iowa City police were searching things out. So they had two of us go down, and we guarded the door at, at, uh, at one of the halls where there, was, there had been some shootings. And, it's the, and then the next morning, of course, we got up, and Iowa was playing, and they beat Ohio State, and there was the no decals. and. It's it's the most memorable. It's number one for me on on that scale, right? Okay. Iowa did go on the road by the the way and win that game sixteen to nine. So that's number one for me, fifty five to twenty four, somewhere in there from two thousand seventeen. What was, else you that got? That was on my birthday. What so else you got? That was oh, good. What else you got? That was also the day Alan nearly lost a leg. He was with me. Right. Yes, he did, and he, and he went up the stairs and and he got a gouge. And yes, yes, that's because you yeah. decided to charge the field. Yeah. Um, there was a game. It was I think it was nineteen ninety. Where Ohio State scored on roughly the last play of the game, <clears throat> and I can't. Bobby Olive, about right. Bobby Olive, and we lost. And I twenty three twenty one. Yeah, and um, Iowa had been up at half. It was way ahead of it going into the half. They the Ohio State threw a hail mary that bounced around. They scored on the last play of the first half and the last play of the second half, and they beat Iowa. Herb Street was not the quarterback, uh, I, was he? Yes, he was. Was he? No, Bobby. Uh, I think Bobby it was, Olive was the guy who caught. caught it. I think it was Herb Street. Might have been Herbie. And uh, and at the end of the day, Iowa ended up going to the Rose Bowl anyway, losing that game and losing to Minnesota the next week. But they still ended up going to the Rose Bowl. That was 1990. That's a that's a good one. I did not have that because it was a bad memory. Well, well, <laughs> but, in, in, yes. in 1985, when Iowa was rated number one, we had to go to Ohio State <clears throat> and lose and lose in a pouring rainstorm, like 22 to 14. Yep. And in in the Hawks played. Outside the Rose Bowl, the worst game they played that year, yeah. and still had a chance to and win. They had a chance to win. I've got on my list uh, twenty to fourteen, uh, nineteen eighty-three. Dave Moritz with the long touchdown in the second half, eighty-three yards or something. Yeah. like and that. The, right? the reason I've got that as my number two is because it had been twenty years since Iowa had beaten Ohio State. Right. They'd played them twenty straight years at that point and lost twenty straight games. And they, they beat them, and that was after they had been upset by Penn State on a horse hockey call in the end zone. Uh, and, and Iowa went on to a great year in 1983, by the way, um, you know, heading to the Gator Bowl, and I think they only had lost, they were 9-3 and three that year. Um, so that was a big one. That was the first time they had won in a long time, and, and I was there. That, I was there. Of so. course, hard lead to Marv Cook. 1987, 29 uh, so, Nobody will. Re- I, that was not on TV. It was, it was replayed later. I, I I was listening to Jim Zobel's delayed call, and so, it's a what is it, Jim? It's an Iowa touchdown. So, 
So I was I was a senior at Creighton, and back then you got three or four football games at a time, depending on your cable package, and they they would show the scores, and we're hanging in there, we're hanging in there, and I thought, well, game's over, because we hadn't seen the score for a while, so I run to the local Hinky Dinky, straight down the street from on California Street where I lived in Omaha, and I turn it to 10:40 just to see. And I get in the car, and sure enough, I get the call from Zabel right then in Omaha as I'm as I'm in the parking lot. Now I'm waiting, and it's an Iowa touchdown, and I'm like, oh my gosh! So I get the beer, drive back home, and tell the boys. I said the Hawks won this game. And they're like, no way! <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I that was, was and that was uh, a yep. great experience. In, the, actually. in my no TV my for an Iowa former Hawks. girlfriend Jill Kelling's living room. Listening to the radio. That's the best I had that day by myself. Uh, no, that's uh, why she was the former girlfriend. Yeah, that's right. She didn't 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 take it far enough, right? Uh, honorable mentions in oh. here, by the way, thirty three to seven. Uh, Drew Tate beats Iowa uh, beats Ohio State handily in two thousand and four. I'm going to tell you what I told Trey Creighton in the middle of that football game. I said, Trey, I want you to look at that scoreboard right now and we'll see that again because um, you were the, there because. We're not playing Ohio University. We're playing the, the Ohio State University. A- Andrew was there, and that was we were doing the whole celebration dance. You were five, right? Yeah, there we go. So uh, Trey would have been six, six, seven. six or seven. Right. And Maddie would have been five, too. Yeah. Last one I'm going to throw in there that was memorable for me. Iowa lost the game 56 to 35. They were down 56 to nothing at halftime and scored 35 points in the second half. This was Tim Dwight, Davian Banks, and those guys. I, okay, that's exactly who I was thinking that was. Unreal. In, in, uh, think about that. They were down 56 to nothing at halftime. They, they did scored cover 35 the second, second half. They covered. They covered. Yeah, absolutely. All right. A couple of things as we move into this game. Uh, last week you called me out a little bit on, uh, on this statistic about Iowa versus quality opponents. Okay, dude, we got about – Four minutes tops. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Okay, here's the deal. Iowa has played in the last seven years. They've played 35 games against teams with eight eight wins or more at the end of the year. Are we the they're kind winning of show 40%, that they're winning 40% of them, so we're good. Brett, are we, kind of, are we the kind of show that can rehash last week's conversation? Yes. I think we should move forward. No, we're going into this discussion of what it was that you said I didn't. You said how many times have they played? Eight? Five. No, it's 35. They've had 30, but it was better than that. They have won 42% of them. It's just the last couple of years where things have fallen apart. Okay. They're one in, they're one in six in the last couple of years against teams with eight, eight I'm wins. I'm going to suggest so. that number seven has been playing quarterback during all those games. Uh, I am too. So we can uh, – I am too. Okay. So. All right, you want to go to the uh, – and there's more to this, but we're not going to have time to get into it. Um, no. I, basically – they here's have. I, they've had a fair to Midland. They've had a fair to Midland chance against good football teams, uh, up until the last two years, in which time they have not played well. From even in 2020, uh, during the COVID year, when I thought they were really good, they only played one good football team. Northwestern was the only team that won eight games or more, and they lost to them. Other than that, everybody else didn't yeah, win eight games or more. Right? They were so, up. They were up 17 points, right, I think, right, in that game. Yeah. So, I'm not exactly. And then last say, year they beat Penn State. That was. I'm it. not going to suggest they played that horrible. Here's my last call. Hawks are getting 29 points, and the total's 49. So the, essentially what this is saying, based on Vegas, is they don't think Iowa can score 13 points. Iowa's going to score 13 points, and Iowa, we're going to get two over in the total. Okay? Now, it, Ohio State could get 49 on their own. 
I think this is a game for a long, long period of time, right up until uh, defense runs out of gas. I might. I think this is a lot closer than people think. Iowa covers. There's no question in my mind. I don't have a final score. We're out of time anyway. Join us next week. We'll talk about that. We'll get set for a Northwestern game and a victory on the Hawkeye Hall. 1700 the champ, 101.3 FM.